This is Ready Radio, preparing you to be ready for anything. Now, here's your survival guide for Ready Radio, John Rush. And it is Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it very much. Greg Bloom from Barber's Foods, or better known as RanchFreshMeats.com. That's a place to go to find all of Greg's goodies, which we'll talk about today. Bringing Greg on today really to talk about, and we'll have him on on a routine basis, by the way, but today to really talk about A, this inflation end of things and how you can help fight that and be more prepared on your end for that. I was telling Greg a moment ago, I wish he had a had advice on baby formula, but... That's a whole nother conversation. That's right. Yeah, I'm not in that game yet. You're not but in the, I might get into it. We'll no see how. Barbers, hey, Charlie named it Barber's Babies. I love it. Barber's <laughs> Babies. Yeah, local formula. Yeah. I just need to uh, do a little R&D, you know, real quick here. <laughs> Super quick. We'll, we'll see how long the crisis lasts. Hopefully not too long. Well, and, and you know, folks, that's just a reminder. And, and again, why Greg is here. That's a reminder of how quickly things in our world can change you know we nobody really knew i mean yeah they talked about the plant shut down the abbott plant and the problem is nobody it wasn't made national in any way shape or form and a lot of folks didn't even know about it until you started running out on the shelf nobody really paid attention to it well we know these things exist out there greg is a expert in the the food supply chain especially the protein end of things which we'll get into today and really want to inform you guys right now of guys gals families of really what to look at moving down the road how do you protect yourself from some of these ups and downs for example the baby formula end of things and I know that it's expensive. I didn't know, by the way, it had gotten this expensive, but it's super expensive, and I get that. But on the same token, if you know that you've got you know, a family and you've got an infant and you know they need to have you know, formula, you know, having an extra can or two, and I think that's what's going to happen now probably moving forward, having an extra can or two would really help you through some of those lean times. We're going to talk about that same thing only on the protein side. Yeah, right. I think everyone should plan on three to six months of shelf-stable product, you know, like uh, like beans and rice. You know, that's you brought it. some. Yeah, beans and rice, which we sell on our website at Ranch Fresh Meats. We sell uh, locally produced beans, and the rice comes from Arkansas, but it's packed here in Colorado. But okay. that that there's not really a shelf life on it. Last you know two years or more. All that really happens with this product is it it'll, uh, the beans will turn a little darker, like the pinto beans will turn a little darker. They're still good. but As far as eating them goes, no fine. issues. They're fine, yeah. And you'll notice on most bean bags that you buy from us or anywhere else, uh, you know, the shelf life on them is at least two years. Okay. Yeah. So, so th- we'll start there. Beans, folks. That's one. That's a really easy staple to put into some, you know, large Tupperware or even buy some of those larger totes that you see at Walmart, Costco, wherever, and again, just make yourself a little food storage bin. The idea here being these aren't the things you're going to tap into on a daily basis. This is more for that, hey, we're out of X, you know, we, we need something. Now you have a place to go, right? Yeah, exactly. We sell the beans and rice also in 50-pound paper bags, and some people buy that and then repack it into five-gallon buckets with lids. You can also just buy a full case, though, from us. We sell a full case of 24 one-pound packs, and these are completely— So they're uh, ready to go. Yeah, they're ready sealed to go, up, sealed up, ready to go. Um, the, the only thing you have to worry about with any kind of thing like that, of course, uh, because it's not in a metal can, is rodents. So just, that's why putting them in a tote or something yeah. would eliminate all that. Yeah, right. So, but I, I have sold beans to a ton of people that put these into just, just like this in the bags into a container that's rodent proof. Which, again, for a lot of you listening, that could be the totes like I just mentioned. You could have some old empty ammo cans laying around. I mean, anything that just keeps the 
the the critters out of it essentially, right? Right. Yeah, and just store it in a cool, dry place. Most people have somewhere. That was my next question. Yeah, How cool, cool does it have to be? Cool, dry place. Just you know, not hot. You know, is is better. You know, probably your your below your house if you have a basement's better than your garage. You know, so. Um, uh, that's, no, you don't want to stick it in the attic is the point. No, not in the attic. Yeah, <laughs> you might forget about it there. So, you know, and you, you go overboard, you could put, you know, two or three years worth of food in your basement. Okay, I don't... well, the question for you. So you're talking one-pound bags of beans. Right. On average, if some, you know, because I know beans expand. You know, it's one of those. It's like rice. They rice do. expands yeah. as well. So on average, what's a one-pound bag going to feed? Well, a one-pound bag like this would feed, after you soak it and it absorbs the water, would feed a family of four one meal. One meal, family one meal. of four. Yeah, it depends on how much you're eating. But usually you serve beans with rice sure. or beans with protein. Uh, if times get real tough, we'll be eating beans and rice with canned meat, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, beans are – it's funny because well, I grew up in Brighton on a farm, and there used to be a, a canning company there called Cuners along the railroad tracks, right along the South Platte River. Okay. Well, they closed years ago, but the brand lives on. And the brand now that's in the local stores is uh, packaged in Michigan. Okay. So there's no more canned beans local options. So I have the only, one of the only grown in Colorado dry bean options. And you know, it's so funny, John, how many people don't know how to soak beans. They're intimidated by it. It's real easy. You just put them in a pot with water and uh, let them soak overnight. And then you drain that water because yeah. this is an agricultural yep. product. Drain it off. These were not rinsed before they were put in the bag. They go through these vibrating tables to vibrate all the rocks and leaves. But there could and still stuff. be some stuff there in it. There could still be some stuff. But everyone should know that you know beans and rice and anything you buy in a bag has not been washed. Okay. So you need to wash it. Soak the beans uh, for overnight, and then they, they. You can also speed it up by boiling them for a long time, but they just don't taste as good. So just let them sit overnight and soak. Yeah, overnight and soak. Then change the water, and then put the new water in that you're going to cook it in, and then that goes into the bean, and then then you've got dinner. Okay, because I'm not an expert on beans. Mm-hmm. Um, I love I like beans, but I'm not an expert on them. What's the nutritional value? So let's say times get really tough. You know, you're you're you know. Store shelves are empty, but you've thought ahead. You've done this. You've you've packed some of these up. You've got them in some containers. What's the nutritional value of beans? Beans have excellent nutritional value, and they have as much protein as meat. The thing that beans are missing is the same amino acid makeup that you find in animal proteins. So that's why you'll see a lot of people that are vegans and vegetarians eat beans and rice together because then they have the complete amino acid uh, makeup that your body can absorb. I see. So uh, you can live for a very, very long time, even the rest of your life, if you wanted to, on, on beans and rice. just beans and rice. Yeah, no, you know, your palate would miss, you know, the... The, you know, hey, I wouldn't when, do hey, it. Hey, when you're hungry. Hey, when you're hungry. Hey, if times get tough and, you know, supermarkets close down and, you know, I, I went to a neighborhood seminar a couple weeks ago in my neighborhood where we were just all preparing for what happens if we lost electricity for a month. Just what if? Sure. And how would how would we live? How do you respond? So we just yep. talked it over, you know, food, heat, Any good water. ideas anybody come up with? Well, yeah. A lot, well, everyone just kind of. We, yeah, we're all teamed up. Like, okay, we know where to go for someone that's going to have water because they've got a battery-powered uh, well pump. Well pump. Okay. Yeah, so we've got water covered okay. for us and our animals, and okay. we can all get water. And then, um, you know, guy like me, I've got a warehouse full of beans. You know, so I'm, they're going to look to me to come, come up with beans and rice. You know, because if you lost your electricity and you had – uh, no month, um, a month with no no electricity, um, you know, we would we would lose all the meat in our freezer. Yeah, you better eat fast. You better eat fast. Yeah, and better so, be feeding neighbors, whoever else, because it's not going to last. Right, and right. so so you know, I didn't get to talk about this at that 
um, neighborhood gathering, John, because there was too much going on. But I thought, well, you know, if you had three months of meat in your freezer mm-hmm. and you lost your electricity, then you either need to, if it's pork, you need to salt it. You need to have salt on hand and okay. buckets on hand and a recipe for salted pork. i got to put some of these in my notes so Ann can add this later. So we need to have salt. Yep. What else? Well, salt and sugar. If you're going to do salted pork, and you can find recipes for that online, it's very easy. You can even see YouTube videos on how they used to do it 200 years ago. Yeah. But if you have pork, you want to salt that pork. And usually you leave it in the brine for up to a week, a whole week. But so if you, you lose your electricity, you've got pork in the freezer. It's starting to thaw out. You want to cut it if you can before it's completely thawed out because it's so much easier to slice meat when it's partially thawed, partially frozen, right? Okay, okay. So you salt the pork, but then the beef. What do you do with the beef? Beef's not so good salted, but what did they used to do? They jerked it. They made jerky. So you have a sharp knife, a good long sharp knife, and you cut all your beef into slices, and then you marinate it in soy sauce or the same salt brine that mm-hmm. you did your pork, and then you leave it out on the trampoline or you leave it outside on the concrete or you put it on bags. You just de- dehydrate it. If you have a dehydrator, awesome, but that takes electricity, so you just need to leave it out on a flat surface. You know? Saying, no, you're right. That's exactly what they did yeah. uh, You know, back in the even... You know, frontier days, I guess you could say a lot of the guys would stick, you know, cowboys would stick jerky in their saddlebag, and that would get them from, you know, town to town, basically, and that was pretty common back then. Yeah, right. And the thing to think about, you know, to prepare for that is you want to have some lean beef cuts in your freezer because— uh, Yeah, the fat's tough, folks. The fat, the fat turns rancid. Fat, yeah, you want, to, you want to trim all that yeah. off if you can. All beef jerky that you see commercially made anywhere, you'll see there's no fat in it because it's the round. The way God made the animal is the chuck had all the fat, then as you go towards the hind end of the animal, it's just all lean. So that's why roast beef is very lean. Like you go to Arby's and get mm-hmm. a roast beef sandwich, it's very lean. And, but all jerky is made from the rounds. So you want to have some round roasts is my point because they're very lean. Um, you can make jerky with hamburger, though. You can. You can oh, mix really? your soy sauce and salts in there. You can just thaw huh. out the ground beef. Or Okay, you lost your electricity. You got a lot of ground beef. What to do with it? You mix in your salt and your sugar, and you mix it up, and then you roll it out on parchment paper with a rolling pin, okay. thin, and then you just take it outside and let it dehydrate. I didn't know that. Yep. You can do it. But because, every day. because it has more fat in it than like a round roast would, um, it doesn't last as long. You know, because okay. of the fat, it'll, it'll okay. turn rancid. So you eat that first. Okay. And then if you had other jerky that had no fat in it, that'll last years. <laughs> it'll really doesn't. Oh, yeah, no, it'll really last will. for years. Yeah. The cowboys used to eat jerky, I think, on the trail that was a year ago, year old or more. Yeah. Long Who knows? As it hasn't. Really, what what really hurts the jerky and where it'll get moldy and and and, and you know, kind of get contaminated. I guess you could say, Greg, is when it gets really moist. When when it's gotten yeah. some, you know, it's either really super humid or things along those lines. That's typically where. You'll leave it inside of a hot car, for example. Right. Yeah, it can get pretty rancid doing that. But if it's just in regular, normal temperatures, yeah, it'll last a really long time. Right. When they make jerky commercially, they have to get the moisture point down to 13% or below. Okay. They try to go between 10 and 13 because below 10 is pretty dry. That's that's like eating shoe leather. You know, so they'll get it. But it can't be above 13 or it won't have shelf life. And then it can have mold. And then you also see in the packages, you know, they put those little uh, silica oh, yeah. packs, you know, to absorb moisture. The things they tell you not to eat. Yeah, don't eat those. Don't eat. Yeah, yeah, unless, <laughs> I guess if times were tough, you could try it. <laughs> but I've never eaten one. Uh, yeah. Have so, you? So, and again, it, by the way, those are some of the things to even as you get some of your electronics and things like that, where they have some of those little packets, you know, not a bad idea to start saving some of those items, throw them in your own tub somewhere where it's not going to have any moisture in it. And then you've got those for later use if need be. 
Right. You, a lot of things come with those. You really don't need to be going out and buying those packets. We had enough products that come in the mail and such where literally you could just start saving those. Yeah, you can start saving them. And then if you need them, you've got them in a Ziploc bag in your I basement. Really, I never even thought about that. Yeah. That's something I've not done that I will start doing. That's a great idea. I think everyone should have, you know, five to 10 pounds of salt. Uh, different kinds of salt too, Great some kosher idea. salt, some regular salt, so that if you lost your electricity, you could preserve your meat. And then, you know, soy sauce works great too. Have a couple gallons of soy sauce. It has pretty good shelf life. You could buy it, you know, at the True. big stores. And then uh, some sugar to make a brine, you know, and then you could cure all your meat and you could you could have protein for, for a while, you know. So and then whatever you had stored up, point being, folks, whatever you had stored up, if you lose power or something along those lines, you at least now have that protein and it hasn't just gone to waste. right. Yeah, because, you know, hey, a guy picked up at my warehouse today that uh, listens to your show, and he picked up a lot of meat, and he had to re—he uh, lost his freezer last week. Oh. So he had to buy—he lost all the meat. But he wasn't too upset because he said it was all cheap Sam's Club meat. So, so he's going—he's he's stepping up anyways. He, he resupplied good with good stuff. Good yeah, job. I stepping it. up. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. So that was good. Good. Okay, now other—and we can—we've well, got a few more minutes here to talk about this. So other types of meats that you— so we talked pork, we've talked beef. So now you've got fish and chicken, chicken. of course. Yeah. I'm assuming on those, you've got to get them cooked sooner than later, right? Yeah, chicken is one of the first things you're going to want to eat because you There's could, really no way to jerky it or anything yeah, along those lines, you, is there? You could, but it doesn't taste good, and okay. it might get you sick. You know, it's just, it, doesn't, it doesn't perform the same way. So that would be one of the things to just go ahead and cook and eat. Yeah, cook and eat. Cook and eat and get that eat that first if you okay. had to, you know. But yeah, it's really hard to preserve uh, chicken that's going to taste good later. Now, fish is different, right? Yeah, is fish, it more, it's more like beef, right? Yeah, you can dry out fish. You can you could do the same thing with uh, the fish that you're going to do with the pork. You brine it and then dry it out, and you could uh, eat, you know, dried fish. Okay. Me and the American Indians did that. Right. You know, you know so, yeah. Um, but other than that, you know, like if you have if you have bacon, you need to eat that right away because it's too much fat. It's not going to last. No, it's too much fat in it. Right. You know? But, you know, here's the thing, too. We talked about it in our neighborhood. I mean, if you lose your electricity, you don't have maybe maybe the natural gas works. If I have a natural gas range, you can cook with that. But but we all thought we all need to have fuel supply. You better have a Coleman stove. You've got to have something right. to cook for a month to cook your food, to batch cook, to preserve it, mm -hmm. you know, because otherwise you'll just be eating rice and beans for a long time. <laughs> I, I bought, by the way, for all of you listening, I bought a device uh, just because it was on sale and I thought it would be a good item just to have around for all sorts of things, you know, cooking large batches of whatever, but for what Greg's talking about as well. And they make these large pots. Normally they're made for like crawfish and things like mm -hmm. that, but you can buy these large pots that then go on top of its own standalone burner. Yep. It's a pretty good sized burner where literally you could – you know, get propane tank, which have a couple, two or three of those kicking around. Propane tank, and you have that. And even if everything inside the house went out, you've got the ability with that little device, which, by the way, is a lot better, and you're going to cook a lot more with it than you would with a Coleman stove. Right, yeah, and you could batch cook it. You could feed your neighborhood with it. Yeah, I, I bought one of those at uh, Bass Pro stores. You know, yep. I think it's— They're 50, not expensive. 50, no, they're not expensive, yeah. And I think mine's like a 12-gallon. Yeah, that's about what mine is. And, yeah. and I've just got it you know, kind of stored away. And when I need it, you know, yank it out. But otherwise, it's sitting there. And if you, if you ever need it, it's, you know, put the hose on a bottle and crank it up, light it, and away you go. Yeah, I mean, that is just a super thing to have for utility for multiple uses. You know, you could, you could brine in it. You could cook in it. Uh, if you lost your electricity, I tell my family, if you lose, your electri if you lose the electricity, 
right? So don't go flush the toilets. We might need to drink the water that's in the tank, that's not right. in the bowl, but in the tank. But in the tank. So don't flush. We're going outside for a while, you right. know. But we need to preserve Save all the water all that. that we can because you just don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, but water is. We've talked about this before on this program. Actually, one of the first ones we did. Water is one of those things you've got to have good supply on. You can go without food for quite some time. Uh, it's that old, you know, rule of thumb, uh, you know, three, three, and three. But you, you can go for a while without food. Water, you cannot go without water, folks. No, I keep uh, two or three 55-gallon barrels of the, the, these plastic barrels or food grade. Uh, I get them real cheap in the food business because they're just they they use Good them idea. once and throw them away. Uh, and uh, yeah, I keep water in them. And then I every once in a while I flush it out. Just sure. to get put, new, it. put new in it. That's feed a great it, idea. Feed it to actually. the animals and then re- refill it. You know, keep in mind too, folks. A lot of you that are listening along those lines, your hot water heaters will be full of water. That's yep. one of the first things too you can look at. And and if you lose, you know, gas and or electricity, you know, hot water. By the way, is, you know, you can boil and make hot water, so that's not a big issue. The biggest thing is having fresh water to drink. So keep in mind you've got those sources of. Most of you have got anywhere from a forty to a you know fifty gallon. Some of you'll have a couple of those even depending upon the size of your home. But you'll have forty fifty gallons of water right there in the hot water heater. Yeah, and you don't need electricity to get to it. No, it's got to drain at the bottom. Right, drain which at is the another bo- reason why you want to make sure you're maintaining those and that water will actually drain out of it when you need it. Right. Yeah, it's a good thing to check. And just you know, wh- wh- how often do they? I don't know. Purge your water annually. You yeah, should, once you a year. We'll get, talk this, get the sediment out. Uh, yeah. Fix it radio first thing in the morning. By the way, uh, tomorrow morning I'll talk about some of those. Things. That's one of those things this time of year you kind of want to go around and do and mm-hmm. just make things are dialed in. And, and you know, if not, we've got sources for you that can help you with that. But these are the kind of things where really you need to know how to do these on your own so that if you get into a time like we're talking, you've got the ability to, you know, do whatever you need to to survive. Right. And then also, too, you know, I don't have enough of these around, but, you know, those those sterilization pills that you could go get river water or creek water or you're headed to Chatfield or Cherry Creek or wherever. Platte River wouldn't be too good. I grew up on that. and That water is pretty dirty. <laughs> the other thing, too, and these have been fairly inexpensive at some of the big box stores. They make those. They're, they're basically a filtered straw. Yeah. And they're, they're about one inch in diameter. They're about, I don't know, 10 inches long or so. And they'll, they'll filter a substantial amount of water. And what I would say is, you know, depending on how many people you have in your home, having a couple of straws per person, mm-hmm. knowing that, hey, you may have to do what Greg just said, you know, go down to the local irrigation ditch or whatever it is and get a pail of water, that may be become what you're drinking. And the way you would do that is you would take that pail of water, let all the dirt and sediment settle to the bottom, and then you would just drink off the top once that's kind of settled in. And these, fi- these filters are designed to literally take out all of the contaminants, Girardia, and so on so you wouldn't have any problem drinking with that but that the pills whatever any any way you've got you can always boil water last resort to get it cleaned or you can drink it it's just it's a longer process to go through and do that yeah i think the straws are a good thing i have a few of those for backpack trips but i need to get some more for yeah so real quick and when i come back i'll talk about how i've kind of done that at at my home and, and there's really easy ways to do some of this uh, Greg just reminded me of that. I'll talk about that here just as soon as we come back. So don't go anywhere. And by the way, all the things that we're talking about with Greg, ranchfreshmeats.com. You hear him on all the other programs I've got. He'll be here now as well. So anything you need, uh, as you just mentioned a moment ago, you can pick up at the warehouse. They can deliver. And if you're listening outside of our local area, you guys can ship as well, right? We ship UPS all, every day. So anywhere anywhere you're listening to us, online even, we can get you what you need. So just go to ranchfreshmeats.com. 
In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties or worse none at all you can trust the original novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield find a novus location near you by going to our website drive-radio.com just click on the novus link that's novus autoglass a proud sponsor of drive radio Absolute Electrical Heating and Air not only handles all of your electrical and HVAC needs, they can also help you get ready for the what-ifs of life. When the mustard gas is filling your neighborhood, you'll want a HEPA filter to keep your family safe. When the napalm catches your neighbor's trees on fire, you'll still be breathing clean, fresh, smokeless air with your Solus Air HEPA filter. With a combination of our generators and air filters, your family won't miss the conveniences of modern society, no matter what the circumstances are. So for all your electrical heating and cooling needs, give them a call today at 720-526-0231 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, a major sponsor of Fix-It Radio, Drive Radio, and of course, Ready Radio. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, Yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. 
Your roof is one of the most important parts of your home and yet is one of the most neglected. We all tend to think it'll last forever without any maintenance or repairs until a hail or windstorm comes around and does damage to your roof. The problem with that mentality is it's wrong. Do you know that RoofMax is a product that can rejuvenate your roof and give you up to five to seven years of additional life? Do you know that the application can be done more than once so that the life of your roof can be extended for up to 15 years? The reason shingles break with wind and hail is because they're dried out and brittle. RoofMax is an organic product that rejuvenates your asphalt shingles, making them more flexible and durable at the same time. Call Dave Hart today and get your roof inspected. It's a no-obligation inspection that will tell you what condition your roof is in and what can be done to extend the life of your roof, which, in the end, saves you money. Call Dave Hart at 303-710-6916 or visit our website, fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. All right, we are back. Ready Radio, thank you for listening, by the way. And all of our great sponsors, you've heard a couple of new ones, by the way. Uh, Stack Optical being one of those. Anything you need, go right to the website, ready-radio.com. And a great place to find all the sponsors that support all of what we do, and I appreciate that very much. All right, we were talking through the break, and nobody could hear us talking about this, but we talked, opened up talking about beans, which not super glamorous, but hey, it'll keep you alive. Right. On the same token, you told me something a moment ago that I thought we ought to share, because had I known some of this about baby formula, I'd have shared that months ago, but I didn't. We do know about this, so talk about it. Well, several of the uh, farmers and processors uh, that I buy beans from, because I source beans in Colorado from uh, multiple different uh, places, um, have told me we're probably not going to have enough beans in the silos to get us through next crop. So the beans, bean planting season is the uh, end of this month, first week of June. Okay. That's when the soil is warm enough to put beans down. Okay. And so they'll be harvested in late September. And so we'll have new crop in early October, mid-October in the silos. But uh, based on right now uh, the demand for beans, uh, they're probably not going to have enough. So I don't know if we'll run out of beans. I more more think they'll just really get expensive. Okay, so there's a little hint for you folks. If you're thinking of having some of this and you want to stock some of it like we talked about earlier, just to have some of the provisions there, buy now. Right. Don't wait. Don't wait. You're going to pay more later anyway, so why don't just load buy up now? now? And they're pretty inexpensive. They're, you know, you, you buy these on our website, they're... They're, you know, they're like a dollar ten a bag. You know, they're so and rice is cheaper than that. You know, so, so feed feed four for a dollar ten, basically. Right. You know, and so you know, yeah, I would just say I'm not trying to alarm people, but what we're hearing no, about good information. about the drought, about sure. the cost of fertilizer, um, about just the inputs, and these poor farmers. You know, you ask them, do you think you'll get what you need out of this to make some money this year? And all they can say is, I hope so. I don't know because that's all driven by the market. Right. They don't. They don't right. just set the price like you and I do in our business. No. Like we're charging X. That's what we need to make a small profit. They can't do that. They're going to come out. Yeah. From my farmer friends, what I've learned through all of this is the folks that really make money, no matter what happens, are the traders. The farmer is sort of the last guy in line to get paid and get and, and make any money when it's all said and done. Am I correct? Right. Yeah. They they're at the low end of which the is too bad. The commodity traders are the ones making out no matter what. The commodity traders and even and even the big processors they they're don't they money. don't normally lose money. There's years where they might, but they normally don't. Okay. But, but uh, yeah, so I would say, uh, you know, uh, we're going to probably see 
um, in this this country, um, beans and rice going up in price. So okay. keep keep those on your pantry. But but all food is every everyone that's pro- projecting uh, where the economy is going to go with food prices. Yeah, well, diesel, just, when diesel sky high like it is right now, folks, it's going to affect food prices. Oh yeah, and There's we no have choice. we have a problem now where so all the food that we buy comes from uh, independent truckers that haul it in. Some of them are saying, you know what, um, with the squeeze that I get of how much you're going to pay me to haul a load from point A to point B and the price of gas, I'm just going to sit a, set out for a while. I'm going to find something else to do besides drive a truck in this wind for no money because uh, of the cost of fuel. So it's harder to find trucks mm. and drivers because most people don't know these, you know, big food processors, they don't have their own fleet of trucks. It's no. all independent no, family-owned right. truck out. drivers, right. kind of like that's farmers. Right. And a lot of them are like, I'm just I'm done with it for a while. We have a lot of truck drivers that will no longer go to California. They won't go, they won't pick up there. They won't deliver there. They won't call out of there. Just all the environmental regulations, the skirts on the yep. trucks, the yep. speed limit, yep. the $8 fuel cost. It's just, they're, they're not going. They're not going. So that hurts the people pulling produce out of the Central Valley in the summer year-round. But um, anyway. I, I, no, that's good info. Yeah. Uh, and that really is. No. I, so folks listening, please, ranchfreshmeats.com. Go there. Load up. All right. What other specials? What else should folks know or, or even you know, be storing? I mean, I guess the other question I would have. Let me back up. What outside of beans and rice, which we sort of opened up with, and we talked about what to do if you lose power, what to, what to do in the freezer, jerky, that sort of thing. What cuts of meat, though, should folks be stocking up on so that if something were to happen, they've got the most usable cuts of meat, not maybe the most flavorful and, you know, not what you're going to serve at a party, but just good, you know, regular everyday meat that if times got tough, they can live off of? Yeah, that's a good question. And uh, the answer is uh, have an assortment of lean roasts in your your freezer because those could be jerked very easily. If you couldn't cook, you could still eat that, okay. as we already talked about and why. But, uh, you know, uh, steaks steaks are, are good because you can actually slice a steak thin and jerk a steak, any steak, even a ribeye. You can cut that True. steak into small little pieces and, you know, brine it and True. dry it out and True. have little strips of steak. But, uh, you know, ground beef is so versatile. You can make jerky out of it. You can make any dish out of it. So you and, know, it's, you should, and, it's and it's inexpensive. And it's inexpensive. And it's going to continue to get more expensive. And then we do our Barber's Farms labeled 99% lean ground chicken breast. That's a great thing because it's so versatile uh, in, in most foods. And so, you know, I was at uh, um, Home Depot yesterday just buying some sprinkler parts to fix my sprinklers. And they had an upright freezer there. Nice one, a nice upright freezer there for 650 bucks. And I, I thought about coming on the show today, I thought, you know, everyone should have one of those because the chest freezers are a little cheaper, but stuff gets lost. Yeah, in you there. don't know where it's at. And you don't know where it's at. That's and right. if, there's, if there's something in the bottom that you want, it's just such a hassle. Spend another. So usually what, what happens is it stays there and you never dig it you out. You never dig it out. And then five years from now, you're cleaning the thing out because you need to thaw it and out. You're or, tossing it. And you toss it. So just spend the extra hundred bucks to get the upright freezer. Because you'll save that when it comes down the road on the meat side, anyways. And you can open and see it. Yeah. Oh, there's That's, that. I have one of those. I learned that a long time yeah. ago. I, yeah. I started years and years ago with a chest freezer and yeah, and that's a no go. No, no. They're cheap and they're a good way to get into it, but no, they're not practical. Mm-mm. So yeah. So I think everyone should have one of those and I think they should have it at least three months of meat in there. I mean, we're probably not gonna lose our electricity. I mean the chances are not, but we're probably not gonna die, but we still have life insurance. True. We're probably not gonna get in a car wreck, but good we point. still have auto insurance. Great point. We still spend hundreds, thousands of dollars a year on insurance for life, auto, home just in case. That's right. This is a just in case conversation. That's right. No, and I, and I say it all the time. We're, this program is to get you is to get you all ready for the what ifs 
of life. We never know what's going to come along. The baby formula is a great example. I mean, nobody would have predicted even six months ago we were going to have some sort of shortage on baby formula. Right. No Not one counting knew. all the other things that we've you know ran out of over the past couple of years. Right, right. The other thing that I encourage everyone to buy, and I don't sell it, but it's a good product, is this right here. Spam. Spiced ham. And uh, contrary to what the Hawaiian rumors, food. yeah, oh, oh, the Hawaiians, <laughs> Hawaiians, love, oh, Hawaiians oh, love it. Yeah, they eat it on everything. But really, it's that's a delicacy. It is. They serve it on sushi. <laughs> they do. Yeah, they yeah. love it. You can go to almost any place in Hawaii and, and get, get spam. a spam that's right. wasabi rice roll. That's right. And they're delicious. They love it. Yeah, oh, I do, and I love it. It's and, good. And you know, th- this isn't made with the snouts and the, the. This is made with good quality stuff by Hormel, and it's a good product. Has a three or four year shelf life. This one here I bought last year expires June twenty twenty four. You know, so so four year shelf life. And, and this product is shelf fully life. cooked, fully cooked, tastes good, hot, cold, right out of the can. But you could actually cut, dice that up, and serve it with eggs. You know, or we, we actually we we were doing a show for a while on Wednesdays until we sort of got shut down by um, some other folks. Let's just say it that way because we weren't allowed to eat in the studio anymore. <laughs> um, we were taste testing some foods on Wednesdays. We on one particular Wednesday, Charlie probably remembers this. We actually I bought a can of spam. And we brought it in and did a little taste test on, on spam. And to your point, it's not as bad as a lot of people think. No, it really is. It might have gotten better over the years. This is the low sodium version, um, but uh, it's a great product. Which, to have. by the way, when you're in the predicament that we're talking about, the high sodium isn't going to bother you. It doesn't you. matter. No, you might need the sodium. You, well, you probably do. So really, buying the regular high sodium or regular sodium spam for what we're talking about. Is not, and I, I guess I would have a question too. Is the shelf life longer on it versus low sodium? I don't know. I think I, I would guess it's the same. Okay. I don't think that really affects the shelf life much uh, because they know how to preserve this. But th- this is a great, I mean, I have a lot of this in my basement. And if I don't eat it, we'll just. We'll just eat it, you know. At some point. Yeah, at some point. As you get closer to the expiration, Before it expires, rotate, rotate we'll eat them out. You know, it's great, you with, it's great with eggs. Anyway, we don't have to go into no, all that. But no, 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 it's, it's, it's good. just a good. You know, now there's some other canned meat products on the market that are disgusting that I wouldn't <laughs> stock up on. You know, the beef in a can, that's not very good with all the gelatin, you know, that falls off. My did brother. You, did you have to eat that as a kid? My brother, rest his soul. <laughs> I couldn't stand him. He would eat every one he got his hands on, and those were those little Vienna sausages. Oh, man. I hated those things with a passion. The gelatin you just said reminded me of that. He would, though, get a can of those things, and he would sit in front of the TV and just eat a whole can of Vienna sausages. Oh, my. No problem. And I was, like, gagging. I was yeah, like, I can't eat I those. Can, and Charlie knows. I'll pretty much eat anything. I'm, I'm not one of those guys, except those. What about the sardines? I'll eat sardines. You'll eat those? Oh, yeah, that's fine. Those are okay. Yeah, you know. If, I mean, they're not my favorite, no, but in but, a pinch, I'll eat them, sure. Yeah, I'll they, eat those over Vienna sausages. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those anchovies, whatever, yeah, I'll eat those over Vienna sausage yeah. all day long. Yeah, yeah. Well, things like that, you know, you could you could keep sure. in your pantry. And those are other ideas, by uh-huh. the way. Any, anything like that that's canned uh-huh. will have a pretty decent shelf life. Yeah, just check the shelf life before you buy it, but it's probably a year or two so out. So little spam and beans aren't so bad, right? No, they're delicious. Yeah, yeah. Spam rice beans. Spam rice beans will keep you going for quite a while, you know. And and you know they're they're this this is actually very healthy. Actually, Americans should eat more beans because beans are good for for gut health. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of great properties, but we just don't eat enough beans. You go down to I'll be in Mexico next week for a food show doing what selling Big beans. beans selling Colorado beans. Colorado is the sixth largest uh, bean producing state in the United States. I didn't know number that. Number six. Yeah. Number six. Number six. The bigger ones are North Dakota, South Dakota, and the Midwest, but we have great soil uh, for producing beans. I didn't in those know cool that. Mines. Yeah, so 
Uh, and Mexicans love our beans because they don't like dark pinto beans. Mm. And Mexican pinto beans are darker for some reason. Because of their soil or uh, the soil and the what? and the type that they plant there. It's just, but ours are light. Yeah, they, I see that. Light means fresh. They like those. You know, so it's funny in Mexico. If you go from like Mexico City up the northern part of the country, they uh, pinto beans, and then as you get towards Central America, Southern Mexico, black beans. Okay. Yeah, but I was doing a food show there last year, and uh, one of the guys told me that you know ninety percent of the Mexicans live below the poverty line, mm-hmm. and some of them are on the poverty line so much that they'll eat pinto beans before they'll eat black beans because of one reason: it takes longer to cook the black bean, oh. and they're for the little propane tank. I see. They're, they're cooking outside. I didn't know they're that. cooking outside. They're not in. You know. I had and, no idea. And mom Greg. will say, "We're not eating. Pit, we're not eating uh, black beans this week, kids, because they, they take too long to cook." I had no idea. That, I mean, we don't understand that kind of Mm-mm. decision for our kids nope. in this country at all. We do, we're spoiled. We are spoiled. Yeah. But we're spoiled, and uh, there may be a huge wake-up call coming. I have no idea. That's why we're doing this program and trying to get folks ready. Because if that wake-up call comes, you better be ready. Yeah, and, and, it and would, most aren't, by the way. No, no, most aren't. Most are not. No. The things we're talking about today, even, those of you listening, <laughs> your other family members, coworkers, and so I know some of you are unique and are unique and work with some people or have family like that, but in general, you're going to be the outlier at work. You're going to be the outlier in your family. In fact, you're going to probably be called the kook because you're doing some of these things so that others are not. And I'm not, you know, you guys know me. I'm not an all-out prepper, have 10 years of food and all that. But I want to be prepared for that scenario that we're talking about. And, and I am, for the most part. Grace giving me some ideas today of things that I will get stocked up on because I'm not. But and this is why we do this. We learn from each other and grow. And, and you know, you're just going to be prepared when things come that way. Yeah, you need to make a plan. But the other thing that's interesting is we had the South Metro Fire Department at our neighborhood for an outdoor meeting last night. And she was talking about preparedness for fires and fire mitigation. But she was also telling us about, you know, that fire that was in Boulder mm-hmm. a few months ago. Was yeah, Marshall Fire. Yeah, Marshall Fire. How the people that thought they were prepared there weren't. And, for example, things like a lot of people weren't home. Right. And so they couldn't go get things. Right. And and people that had fireproof safes learned hard way. They're not fireproof. Most of them are not. A fire that hot. Will just melt everything. It melted everything. So That's they lost right. everything. Mm-hmm. So she was telling us, you know, things like, you know, you should duplicate all those important documents. Put them electronically that, in the cloud. And in the cloud. Yep. And if you need to store some of them hard copies, put them at your kid's house. Just have them somewhere else. Kids house, safety deposit box, anywhere, wherever. Anywhere, anywhere but anywhere your location. you got to have a duplicate location, you know. And uh, so she was just, and their thing she talked about is, you know, even if you have a plan when you have an emergency like that, everybody just panics. Right. That's right. Everybody panics. So your, your plan to how you're going to get out of your neighborhood, it's out the window because yeah, you're, you're just. It's pandemonium. It's pandemonium. We saw that during that fire. Right. Right. So, I mean, our whole neighborhood was about fire mitigation, and uh, we kind of live in some hills mm-hmm. with some scrub oak. Sure. Very bad place with the scrub oak and against the houses. And, you know, guess what her remedy was? It was funny. Her remedy was, you know, don't cut the scrub oak down. Uh, bring in a herd of goats was the remedy. Huh. Yeah, bring in a herd of goats and let them. Just trim them back. L- let them eat for a month. <laughs> Yeah, this is in Douglas County. There, so. there's, a, there's a lot. We're looking of for goats. Back. If any listeners know where we can get a herd of goats, we're looking for a There's herd. actually guys out there that do that for a business. Right, yeah. They literally will drag goats around to your particular property, drop them off. They leave them for X amount of time. Right. And they'll come pick them back up when their job's done and go to the next place. Right, right. What's a, gee, I wonder if they have a website. I didn't try to Google it yet, but, you know. Goats are us. Goats are us. <laughs> goats for a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we'll come right back. Again, if you, by the way, if you got a question for Greg, I should have said that earlier. Lines are open, 303-477-5600. You can text us as well, 
200-8222-307-200-8222. We'll be right back, though. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Your roof is one of the most important parts of your home and yet is one of the most neglected. We all tend to think it'll last forever without any maintenance or repairs until a hail or windstorm comes around and does damage to your roof. The problem with that mentality is it's wrong. Do you know that RoofMax is a product that can rejuvenate your roof and give you up to five to seven years of additional life? Do you know that the application can be done more than once so that the life of your roof can be extended for up to 15 years? The reason shingles break with wind and hail is because they're dried out and brittle. RoofMax is an organic product that rejuvenates your asphalt shingles, making them more flexible and durable at the same time. Call Dave Hart today and get your roof inspected. It's a no-obligation inspection that will tell you what condition your roof is in and what can be done to extend the life of your roof, which, in the end, saves you money. Call Dave Hart at 303-710-6916 or visit our website, fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. With the longer days and the warmer weather, I think most of us that have smokers or love to barbecue are already outside on the deck or patio grilling up and smoking up some good meat. But where do you get great quality meat sourced from ranchers that care about the welfare of the animals? RanchFreshMeats.com sells only the highest quality meat sourced from farm and ranch families that we know personally. For the month of May, we have a great special on Wagyu Sirloin Tri-Tips from Dan Morgan's Wagyu Ranch. A Wagyu Sirloin Tri-Tip Roast weighs only about 2 pounds, but it packs one of the most flavorful beef eating experiences you'll ever have. If you've never had a Wagyu Tri-Tip before, you are in for a treat. Go to RanchFreshMeats.com and order your Wagyu Sirloin Tri-Tip. And while you're there, check out their other monthly specials. And thank you for supporting a Colorado native farm family when you buy from Ranch Fresh Meats. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air not only handles all of your electrical and HVAC needs, they can also help you get ready for the what-ifs of life. When the mustard gas is filling your neighborhood, you'll want a HEPA filter to keep your family safe. When the napalm catches your neighbor's trees on fire, you'll still be breathing clean, fresh, smokeless air with your Solus Air HEPA filter. With a combination of our generators and air filters, your family won't miss the conveniences of modern society, no matter what the circumstances are. So for all your electrical heating and cooling needs, give them a call today at 720-526-0231 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, a major sponsor of Fix-It Radio, Drive Radio, and of course, Ready Radio. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties or worse none at all you can trust the original novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield find a novus location near you by going to our website drive-radio.com just click on the novus link that's novus autoglass a proud sponsor of drive radio 
In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream, even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. All right, we are back. Ready Radio and Greg Bloom from uh, Barber's Foods. Actually, find them at ranchfreshmeats.com. That's the easiest way to do it. And uh, we're talking just really what to have on hand, especially when it comes to protein. You know, you, there's certain things that you're going to need to survive if times get you know really tough, or there is any kind of a natural disaster, or an EMP strike, or guys, I. God knows. I don't. I don't know what else to say, folks. I mean, the way things have gone these past few years, if you can predict the future, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna do something I can't do. Well, none of us can predict the future, which is why we have to prepare our. You know, we, we can be somewhat prepared. You know, best you can. Best you can. Well, and I'm not prepared for you know a year without food, but I'm prepared for three months without food. Well, uh, yeah, and maybe that's a, me. a month without water, and maybe two months without gas. I have enough five-gallon petroleum things and 10 gallon petroleum things to probably get me through a month or two mm-hmm. and, and and hopefully that's all you need before things get restored you know but you but hope who knows? you hope you know you know I, I have friends that are prepared for years if they need to be but you know yeah i'm not prepared that long but yeah. i'm more of that type of if if i can just make it a couple of months which i can mm-hmm. the ability for me personally to start scrounging around even hunting fishing doing whatever's needed to you know, to, uh, to take care of yourself. Do I personally have that ability? Yes. Mm-hmm. Does most people have that ability? No. Right. Unfortunately, no. Right. What did, what did you learn with the episode you had with your, your house in the mountains last year? What did you learn about preparedness? Um, whatever you think you're going to prepare inside your house, forget it, because if a fire comes along, it's everything's smoked. It's done. It's, it's history. There's nothing left. So if you've got important documents or firearms or anything along those lines that you want to keep safe and you want to keep safe away from a fire, you either better have some underground, you know, like in the dirt storage, which is very difficult to do for most people. Yeah. Uh, or... You better figure out a way to have some off-site storage that's easily accessible because whatever you've got in that house, if it catches fire, it's done. Right. It's toast. There's nothing left of it. I I can speak firsthand. If you thought you were going to have something that was going to survive, oh, this is tough, you know, this safe or this item or this whatever. No, no, no. You know, it'll withstand anything. Um, uh, No. Think again. Do you think the people that uh, had the losses around you too? Did you like talking to your neighbors? Do you think they had enough insurance to pay for the rebuild? No. In fact, we drove up through uh, my neighborhood up in the, the that was a troublesome fire that was up in Granby, so not the Marshall fire, but the troublesome fire that's been almost a couple of years ago this October. This October it will be 2 years exactly. And I will tell you from driving through the neighborhood, well, two things. 
you're driving through my neighborhood up there, uh, the Trail Creek area. Uh, half the houses burned down. There's a handful mm. that have been rebuilt or are in the process of being rebuilt. So a handful out of half a neighborhood. My contractor up there told me that in all of Grand County, 400 and some plus homes burned to the ground. There's been 40, roughly 40 permits pulled to rebuild. So 10% have, have, pulled, you know, have, have pulled a permit to rebuild, and that's it. So you think about that. There's, there's 90% that, that haven't. You, you attribute that to that low number to they don't have enough money to yep. rebuild? underinsured. And, and probably some of it could be to the lack of labor to, to do the work. Some of it could be. Yeah, that. that's some of it. All and, and in my case, you know, I didn't, it was my second home, didn't need to rebuild right away. I wanted to give everybody else an opportunity, even with contractors to get in there first and do whatever they needed to, the folks that live there right. full time. But that, you know, that's gone at this point. I mean, a lot of what you're seeing getting rebuilt right now is not even those, those you know, full-time homeowners that lived up there. It's folks like myself that just had right that had the right insurance that are, Rebuilding, so uh, I, you know, Marshall Fire approved it. Even in homes that are, you know, seven hundred and fifty thousand up to some of those homes that burned down were four or five million dollars. Uh, only only eight percent were fully insured. You know, I don't look at my um, homeowners insurance policy often enough. You know, I usually you know buy it like a long long time ago, and then every year it just renews. But how often do you think people should? You know, take a look at their homeowner's insurance policy to make sure it's actually going to cover every, catastrophic I'm one loss. that says every year. Every year. I yeah. think you at least need to pull it out. The renewal comes. Yep. You're going to get a copy of your policy either in the mail or you're going to get a copy of it in you know electronically in your email. And I'm one that says you need to look at that every single solid year and verify all the numbers that are there, including what are your contents insured for. And you get a pretty good idea anymore of what contents you know, content value is. And let me just say this. This will surprise a lot of folks. $250,000 of interior coverage of your, you know, of your personal property coverage goes fast. Mm. You would be surprised how, how expensive you know, furniture, TVs, lamps, fixtures, appliances, all those sorts of things, how quickly those things add up. It doesn't take much to get to 250. Yeah, I believe that. Our fire marshal that gave us our meeting last night, John, told us to uh, this week, Go through your house with your phone yep. and videotape That's every right. room and talk about what's there. That's right. Your firearms, your silver coin collection, just your leather couch. Just just do a video, and then it's going to be pushed up to the cloud because most of us have a cloud backup on our phones. And that's going to help us yep. during a catastrophic loss. But you said most people don't have that. No. As simple as that sounds. Most people, Honestly, I don't have it, so I got to do it. You need it. I had luckily done that at my cabin, so I had all of that luckily. But it's one of those things you just need to constantly keep doing and i got a text message from a good friend a uh, fire uh, fireproof gun safes do not resist full house fires true mm. statement so even if you've got a quote-unquote fire fire resistant gun safe it says oh yeah it'll be good for two hours three hours whatever the type of fires that we've had that i had uh that no that gun safe's not doing a thing at that point yeah sorry folks it's just I, not i have one of those but it's in my basement so that's not going to last long anyway yeah i think the only thing that would probably do better not foolproof but would do better again would be some sort of a in-ground you know f uh, floor safe wall safe something where it's away from the heat to a certain extent even then i mean the walls even got hot the floor got hot uh, but if you could protect it some way uh, i mean best way is you know the old days where they had you know cellars outside of the the home you know, built into the side of the hill and so on. Well, you know, now it's a whole different ball game, but you know, we don't have that anymore. Nobody's no. got that. Right. Yeah. That's a rarity anymore. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't exist. So yeah. how, you know, other than that, how do you keep even some of your, your prized possessions, you know, firearms, things like that safe? 
It goes back to what Greg said a moment ago. Either figure out a way to store those off-site, have one in a another location. Um, and again, for a lot of people, that's hard to do because if you're out here on your own, no kids around, or the kids have all left, and you and you're just you. You've got to think about some of that because if everything gets burned up, yes, insurance will cover that. But if you're relying on some of those things after something like that were to take place, you need another plan because otherwise you're going to be without any weapons. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, part of the preparedness thing is how are you going to fend for yourself? Now, keep in mind, if anything burns up, so does all your food and such. So that's a whole other yeah. Other story, but yeah, well, that's why you know we had a neighborhood meeting, so we're all there's 25 of us there together to kind of like chip in and think through a plan, and then we're all looking out for each other. And I think that's important. I it mean, is. If you don't know your neighbors, maybe now's a good time to agree. Get, have a little get together. You know, our, yes. our little HOA put this thing on as just like, hey, this. You know, we're not trying to alarm everybody, but no, it's but something to think about. The world's a terrible place right, right now, and there's a lot of things that happen, like the Marshall Fire that no one planned on, and so you and, know, and keep in mind, folks, when things get really bad like that, and I'm not trying to, again, alarm anybody, but just to think through this. It, it, it doesn't take much for even vandals to start a fire along those lines, knowing it's going to flush X amount of people out, giving them an opportunity to come in and loot and do other things that, you know, whatever is left behind. So, folks, when times get that tough, it, it, I'm not saying that, you know, your house is going to be the only one on fire. Like an entire neighborhood could be based upon what I just said, if times get that tough. And, again, not trying to scare anyone. But I'm trying to get everybody to think, what if, and am I going to be okay if those things happen? And if so, how? Right. Yeah. Yeah, you really, we really have to think about that, that, that kind of stuff now because otherwise we could be blindsided. You know, and then five, you, then you can't take it. Your... Greg, I don't think we needed to. Today we need to. Right. Yeah. You know, even going through COVID uh, and, and with the current administration that we have right now and just the, the I, I, I believe, by the way, it, it's planned. Everything that we have going on right now has, has a plan. It, to it this isn't just by happenstance and no joe's not just so dumb that these things are happening Where everything you're seeing it's it's all part of a master plan i believe well i do i believe that too and i didn't believe that maybe two years ago but i believe that now because i've spent some time reading the documents that are on the united nations website about the 2030 plan and the reset and so just just go read those documents and see what what they are trying to do That's right and and you'll see that you know there there is there is I believe a nefarious master plan. I agree, and, and even some of the food supply, the things we're talking about today with Greg, the, these are all part of that plan because when you control the food, guess what? You control everything. Yeah, that's right. And they are and they are trying to control the food, and they're trying to control what kind of food is grown and where and how and yeah yeah so, yeah so so all we can do all we can do is you know you know prepare for our own little family and neighborhood. Get to know your neighbors, and uh, you know that's now's a perfect time to get to know your neighbors because most people will show up to a one-hour meeting to talk about this issue. Good point. You know they will because they're they, they see what's going on in the world. They see how yeah, fast, this is right in front of our face, and they see how fast a Marshall fire can change your life mm -hmm. or a baby food dropout or right. you know one country invades another and all of a sudden all the commodity prices in the world are going up every month and that's there's no end in sight for that right yeah. now. So so going back to RanchFreshMeats.com, folks, again to Greg's point. Prices have gone up. I will tell you, I don't think they've leveled off. Uh, you saw a big jump in wheat prices even yesterday. Right. Greg was talking about beans a moment ago. I am one that says, uh, no matter what fuel prices and what happens along those lines, you're still going to see some increases in the food cost side of things. That's my own gut feeling. I, I hope I'm wrong, by the no, way. No, you're not wrong because it's just lags, you know, the, the corn price. So what? who eats corn? Most of the corn raised in this country is for cattle. cattle. 
who eats most of the soybeans in this country? Poultry and pigs are fed that. So those prices are all going up. The USDA said this week that they have estimated down the yield for corn this year based on the drought and the lack of planting that's gone on so far. Their planting's gone on late. So all these things are just kind of adding up to mm. more food inflation coming up. So yeah. Somebody else, just a great friend of mine, just texted me, said uh, – Actually, Costco now the big jugs of water they are on sale right now four ninety nine a jug. If nice. you could buy four or five of those, they're five bucks each, folks. Yeah, buy you know buy ten of them. Yeah, spend fifty bucks. What's get the 10 shelf of those. life on water? It was for, sealed forever. Uh, I mean, there is long, no shelf long life. Time. Yeah, yeah. So we should all have ten of those on the wall in our basement. That's a, that's a great idea. Great folks. idea. And, and, and so yes. Um, and there's there's uh, really creative ways where you could even you know build some little things that make those stackable and so on where they don't just have to lay out and take up a bunch of space. So, yeah. folks, again, these are the types of things that we can share with one another that that make this better for all of us. Yeah, that's right. That's what my neighbors did. Is uh, you know uh, this family is going to take care of the water. I'm taking care of the rice and beans, and you know I have a backup generator with freezers to keep the the meat cold if needed. You know. Uh, but every, if everyone just chips in, you know, then you don't have to be self-sustained by yourself. That's exactly and right. And you're much more likely to, 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 to thrive through that time. Yeah. That's right. So, again, folks, ranchfreshmeats.com. I say it all the time, but Greg's got some great inflation-fighting foods that are there. And on top of that, not only does he have the, the, the products as far as that pricing goes, it's the best product you'll buy, by the way. I'm a, a personal testimony myself, Andy, Charlie, any of you out there that have bought his products, you will attest to it is the best out there, period. Well, thank you, John. And, you know, people, if they've been to my website at ranchfreshmeats.com, they need to keep going back every week because every week we get offered deals and we put those deals on our website. And usually there's only a pallet or two. I've got a great deal coming this weekend on some mini baby back ribs from Tim Beeler. Okay. And so I'm just blowing them out. And now's a good time to stock up. All right, folks, that's going to be it. Again, ranchfreshmeats.com. Go there, check out Greg. Anything else you need, go to our website, ready-radio.com. Rush to Reasons coming up next here. We're going to make a little switch here. Andy's going to take uh, Greg's place, and we'll be right back. So don't go anywhere. And please, please, do your part to be prepared the best you can. This is, again, Ready Radio, KLZ 560. The views and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.